Hey, it's Chris Hardwick. I host Talking Dead and Talking Preacher and Talking and Talking Talking and Talking Things. And you're listening to Walkers and Talkers, the only talking show I don't host. With David Brody and Jamie. And as of last night, or two nights ago, since this is Tuesday that we're taping this, Chris Hardwick once again is the host of Talking Dead and Talking Preacher and Talking and talking Fear the Walking Dead. However, he was incorrect in saying that my co-host today was Jamie. I'm Jamie. You're Jamie. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers episode, I don't know. Let me find out. I probably should know this. See, that's Jamie's job. Jamie has one job before the show starts. That's the time of the episode number. Right. But I can do that real quick because I have it preset on my phone to open up immediately. And episode 116. Episode 116. Welcome. You should do that old TV tactic where you put your hand over your mouth right. and go... And then drop it in later. Yeah. Episode... <laughs> yeah. You know what episode it is. It tells you right down the screen. Anyway, I'm David Brody from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. Jamie is on vacation this week, not broadcasting from her car studio like I often do. And so this is the... I think it's the fifth episode or fourth? Fourth episode that she's missed. I always tease her about that. And Eric, this is your second episode? Yes, it is. Hello. Eric Nagel, a longtime friend of mine and host of the It's Eric Nagel Show, currently heard on every single platform a podcast can be heard on. But the most important, iHeartRadio. Correct. Thank you. And he is the uh, the host of the Radio Inquisition, which airs on the It's Eric Nagel Network? It's it's on the same feed. Yeah. Same feed. And I, was it episode one of the Inquisition or two? One uh, and two? You were episodes one and two. One and two. Yeah. I, I mean, radio legends. Eric has gotten a chance to interview radio legends and me. And so if you go on the <laughs> It's Eric Nagel channel... Yeah, I start, I start off soft, and then I build right, to the hard stuff. And legitimately, there's some massive radio names. But uh, parts one and two were, were uh, a long interview that we did, gosh, I think in 2012 13. or 13. Right, yep. right. And so some things have changed, but mostly it's the, it's the history of how I got into radio and, and what I do and all of that stuff. And so people seem to like it. You know, that interview, very little had to be updated with it. There was just, you know, a uh, one of the uh, many factions that you that you work for, um, you know, we had to do a bit of a of a, a disclaimer saying, hey, this changed to this. But other than right. that, everything else was still Right. The, the comedy company I used to work for, I don't work for anymore. No, you work for But all for of the people one. I worked with are oh. now here at my company here at iHeartRadio and Premier Radio. And the same people were still writing radio comedy, but here now... I don't have to go uptown in New York and do two jobs. I have it all in one building now. And you work for one of the biggest morning shows in the country that hasn't exploded yet. So I'm uh, I'm very envious of that. Oh, that we have. <laughs> when you say exploded, you don't mean in popularity. You mean that went away. Uh, yeah, that went away. Self imploded. I, I should change it too. There you go. So Eric is a fan of sci-fi and um, very much so. Very much so. In fact, your podcast delves into the the world of sci-fi. And technology and uh, geek stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, not primarily, but it's a major part of, of what we do. So we, we quickly describe what, what you do. And uh, we explore the other side of mainstream. Uh, you know, I got tired of when you'd watch some of the magazine shows or some newscasts when they say, you know, the latest Marvel movie broke a billion dollars. And they're like, I can't believe it broke a billion dollars. How many people go to see these? Like, they're always surprised. Right. And, you know, Marvel has a 10-year history. 19 movies led up to this huge behemoth of Infinity War, and they're still wondering how something breaks a billion dollars, two billion dollars even. Right. 
And uh, then they talk about the Kardashians and the housewives and the bachelor nation. And that's fine if you like that, but that's not all that mainstream culture is as far as the entertainment world. We go to the other side of the mainstream world where we show you how these other things that creep up in little news hits that they're always baffled by. Like, I can't believe, you know, The Walking Dead brought in, you know, 14 million viewers in the mm-hmm. last episode. It's like, yeah, it's been on for seven years, eight years, and it's one of the most popular shows on television. You're fine. You like they can understand Game of Thrones, but they don't understand Better Call Saul, Preacher, right? Things like that. Preacher nature. is so good. We we I love do Preacher. Jamie and I do Preacher feature, which is on this podcast when Preacher is on. Now, I Pre- don't think we're going to do Preacher this week because we're doing Fear the Walking Dead, and Jamie's not here. Right. And I can't drag your ass in here again for a second episode. And I I, I love Preacher by oh, the way. It's great. This this new season. Uh, real quick hit. Their interpretation of Satan's office. Amazing. Was one of the most. Re- realistic and understandable like um scenarios for for satan of course you know you you're walking through hell you get through all the fire and then it's just sort of like a void a dark void with a little bit of like a stalag what's the ones that shoot up stalactite stalagmite one of those things so in school they taught me you don't have to text us we'll figure this out by the time you know so they so stalagmite the way they told you to to remember it was stalagmite reach the ceiling Okay. And stalag tight to the ceiling or the other way around? I couldn't remember the stalag. They say stalag might, as in stalag might reach the floor. So it's one of the, I don't know. It's, it's good one to of those. have a learning rule, but in this case, it's not helping either one of us. <laughs> there was I there was there was the two part, but I never hold on. I, I'm going to look it up. I'll as break you're it down for the audience. A spiky thing comes up from the ground and it has double doors. And stalagmites from the floor. All right, so it's a giant stalagmite. Okay, and you walk this. Uh, this, this little dirt path with skulls and, and remains into the door, and then it's a, it looks like a corporate office for a, for a boss. Almost Vince McMahon-like, the way this office is. But the floor is LED glowing like lava flow. Right. And he's got a, a nice desk, a nice black leather chair, a bar with mirrors. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like this should be all future interpretations of hell it's going great. forward. It, but but that, they just do such a great job. The with beauty it. of Preacher, and we've talked about this, is that you can't explain the show. You you can't really explain it. You can say it's about three people traveling around trying to find God. Right. But after that, what happens on an episode to episode basis is beyond explanation. You just have to watch it, and every episode you go, it's weirder than it was last week. We always reference, uh, you know, things towards God is he's in the the gimp dog suit down in New Orleans. See, that, difficult to explain. Yes. But it, it, it's different. I'm not going to interpret it, but I'm giving you On the him, description of it. And he rides a motorcycle with a hot blonde. Well, that's the newest thing. Right. Before, he was just a, he was in a gimp suit uh, dressed like a dog. By and the way, that's all you need spoiler, to know to go see it. God's in a dog costume. Yeah. In case you haven't caught up on Preacher yet, because that's sort of a, a thing that it takes the people on the show a while to figure out. Yeah. That was season two. <laughs> We're in the middle of season three. Oh, wait, right. is season three almost over? Yeah. Wow. It went fast. And I still haven't done the Ian Coletti ID. I'm sorry. We interviewed Ian Coletti, who plays Archmage. Yep. And we have the ID of him going, you're listening to David Roy and Jamie. And I still haven't edited it. You, so, you know what? I, I thought I gave it to you. Did I ever give you the Funko Pop of, of Arseface? No, you gave me a bunch of Funko Pops, but not that one. All right. I got I to gotta get you the Arseface Good, one. Good, so I'll have the, him come in and sign it. The way they make it is the face is sucked in. Like they, 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 It's almost like when you ruin a, key, uh, a quiche. In the oven, mm-hmm. you know, where if you make too much of a noise it, or, or a souffle, it, 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 it falls cr- yeah. in. That's what it looks like. During the plastic mold, they pulled it out too fast, and the face sucked so in. So I get that for free. Yeah. 
It looks like this season, and Jamie and I talked about it last week, it looks like his mouth is different. The first couple of seasons, he had a small hole like an ass. Yeah. And this time, it was like off-centered and huge, like Hitler had his way with him. Because they needed him to talk more. Yeah, he now his mouth is open like this, and he talked more, but... Spoiler, but how great... Well, his name wasn't Hitler, it was Hilter. It was right? Hilter. David right? Hilter. David Hilter. He's working at Subway, Subway Equivalent. Right. It was hysterical. Where he's sitting there trying to plot, you know, World War Three. And he's just on sitting there. On a napkin. There, yeah. On a napkin while he's sitting there at, at the uh, at the Fixins bar there for mm-hmm. the sandwich. But everything that they put into that show was so... Just when you think they couldn't get more absurd it's, or more it's absurd exaggerated. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, you appreciate everything that they do with that. Yep. All right, let's talk about The Walking Dead, which comes back October 7th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little bit of news, not a lot this week. Uh, Andrew Lincoln got a farewell pool party, so he's actually definitely leaving the show. We've bandied about whether or not he's going to die, not going to die. Have they finished shooting? Uh, No, they finished shooting in uh, Thanksgiving. Okay. Around Thanksgiving. They started, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in Atlanta, yeah. So they've already finished their first six episodes because he and uh, Lauren Cohan are gone after the first half of the season. So I, Maggie, Maggie allegedly something happens in episode six. Right. This is not a spoiler. This is all over the place. And Andrew Lincoln's character, somewhere in the first half of the season, he's only in six of the eight episodes. Right. So I don't know if that means he's not in the third one, but he's in the eighth. We don't know that yet. And this is detracting from the books, too. Uh, it's completely not what goes on in the books right. because Maggie and Rick are still alive in the books. So, so it could be Rick just goes away for a while. Well, okay, so... You got to catch up on this podcast, but we did talk about the helicopter and whether or not Rick goes to the Commonwealth, maybe to get medical treatment because you see in the trailer he's injured. Yeah. If you haven't, go watch the trailer. Uh, he may leave to find, you know, uh, more things to bring back to Alexandria. He may go. F- Keep in mind on 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 uh, the Walking Dead, a full season's like a month or two. Right. So he could theoretically go for six months to the Commonwealth to learn things, to bring back knowledge, and be off the main show for two, three seasons, and then fly back in helicopter and go, okay, I'm back. So they're not going to do a jump ahead just like uh Well, did. they jump ahead a year and a half when the season starts because they're not using guns anymore. No, they... no, I, I know that, but I mean, when, with Rick leaving, they're going to have to keep pace with what they're doing. They're not going to be able to do another time jump. No, they're not going to do... Well, there's rumor that there's a second time jump, but I, nothing's been confirmed yet. Okay. But if they don't do a time jump, then you'll be able to watch them live without Rick, whether he dies or not. He may not die. We don't. Nobody knows. Right. But I do have some interesting Lauren Cohen news I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, interesting uh, Chris Hardwick on Talking Dead. He came back this week. Yes. It was pre-taped. And allegedly, for the remainder of the Fear the Walking Dead season, it's going to be pre-taped. Oh, because he used to take phone calls. Right. So, right, right 800 or whatever, Dead Buzz Live, so whatever. they're not going to do the phone call segments. whatever it is. They're not going to take phone calls. They're not going to read live tweets, the the dead buzz or the, the reaction cards. <clears throat> Excuse me. Either they're concerned about somebody saying the wrong thing or whatever the case. Yeah. Uh, they have not said why. Uh, it may be because they want to make sure he's comfortable and that he's, you know, who knows. It's it, But also, it's a corporation. So it's the smarter move to do it this way for right now because... You know, there well, was, sure, they there take was a audience lot of heat questions. in the past, and now there's a lot of uh, right. commotion going on with his return. So it's like it's probably just safer right now to probably do is. it this way. I mean, they take an audience question. That person in the audience could swear up and down they're going to ask somebody about whatever. They can get up on live TV and go, so, about your girlfriend? Yeah. Or the caller might say, you know, so I guess to keep it 
contained. Contained, yeah. So that means he gets to watch the episodes early, which is, you know, good for him. He always says, I only watch it like a few minutes before it airs. I don't think that's true. No, no, I've talked to him. He doesn't watch it until like right before. Really? He gets it on like like an hour or two before and then he watches it. Well, you work in radio and, you know, I, I do as well. We used to get them in advance. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want them in advance because he doesn't want people asking him. So he wants it make, to make very clear to people, I don't have it. I don't know. I legitimately watch it like a half hour before or an hour before. So that by the time it ends, I'm ready to go. I have my notes and I'm ready to go. Hmm. But he doesn't watch it. Like he didn't know who Negan killed like a month before. He knew that night. Okay. So. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's how many episodes is he doing for this? Because this is the second half. Right. Of so season eight, four so for seven, fear. seven more episodes. Seven more episodes. And uh, leading then, up until. And he might do a preacher finale episode because they did that before. They've said that. Well, no, no. They've done like talking preacher for right. the finales and the season premieres, but the season premiere of Preacher, he was on. Uh, That'll be interesting if they if they do do that because I'm the way I'm seeing it right now is I think they're just gonna let this go for the Fear of the Walking Dead remaindering. I mean, they may episodes. not want to like go overboard, and then with it may not be back for the Walking Dead when it returns. Oh, in the it's fall. absolutely back for Walking Dead. That's his bread and butter. You think with him? Oh, absolutely. He's back. He's back. That's a done deal. Okay. Um, let me talk about Lauren Cohen real quick, and then we'll play the clip of Chris Hardwick. I'm glad he's back, by the way. You know, I, I, it, I am it was too. Good to see him, and uh, I thought his, I thought his uh, his intro seemed. I mean, it, it seemed very sincere. All right, let's play that. And very appreciative. Uh, I looked at the feedback online. There were articles written about what he said. Uh, it looks like most people were sympathetic to him. Glad he's back. There's a couple of people who think, ah. You're putting on an act. Yeah, I don't buy it. I saw it. You know, I, and I saw it. It wasn't just fans. I saw some, you know, verified accounts and, and bigger names in various industries saying that it was crocodile tears. But for the most part, you're right. I saw a lot of positive support from both the Look, uh, from both fan base and uh, industry people. Crocodile tears implies he was doing it to get sympathy. Mm-hmm. The man's career, his life um, was on the line. And I don't think this is one of those things where you go... You know, if you cried at the beginning, I really want my job back, maybe. It wasn't, uh, this is going to be a dated reference, but it wasn't like a Jimmy Swaggart cry, you know? Oh, you my get, God, that's a you, dated reference. Because you got busted for, uh, you right. know, embezzling from, uh, from a religious organization. Right, he was desperate to keep his fan base. This is someone I think who is, well, let's listen to the clip. Okay. It's, a, it's over a minute. If I feel like after hearing it again, we don't need to hear the whole thing, then I'll dump out. But it's online if you want to hear the whole thing. But this is when uh, Talking Dead opened on Sunday night. I am so appreciative to be standing here right now. And I want to thank you, the Walking Dead community, for all of your support these last couple of months. You know, the show is not just a job to me. This is, this is a vital part of my life, you know, and this has been a sanctuary. These last seven years we've been here, this has been with me through, through good times and bad times. And I have so much gratitude to you, the fans, and, and, and the producers, and the amazing cast of both of these shows. You know, for allowing me to come here and and be a part of this community every week. This is what this is. This is a community. And, you know, we're we're on the precipice of a lot of changes on both Walking Dead shows in the coming weeks and months. And I'm so looking forward to going on that journey with you. And I've said the following words a million times, countless times. And yet I have never been more thankful than I am in this very moment to say to you that I am Chris Hardwick and this is Talking Dead. All right. Uh, hearing it through here, not just through the television, but when you're doing it in a studio, you can hear things better than you would be watching it on television. Okay. 
you can tell he didn't do that in front of the audience. You can tell that that was a separate piece that they taped because the way they faded in the the live audience applauding. They mm-hmm. already had the audience going, and I don't think the audience at that point in the studio knew that that was playing because it went really high energy very quick. So I think he... Oh, I think they saw it. I think it was on the monitor, and then the guy stood up and we yelled, everybody clap, like on every tape, TV show you ever go to. You think... Because wow, his, okay. opening is, his, his opening is always taped because every week... He does the stand-up, right. and he does, oh, this is what happened. Michonne has got to face this and this and this and this. And this. Uh, welcome to Talking Dead. And then three seconds of credits roll, and he's in the chair. So unless he runs to the chair, I feel like that's always pre-recorded. That's good observation. But, but I okay. think you're right. I think that was pre-recorded to make sure he nailed it. I think, and but he I don't was think he clearly did crying. I don't think he did it in front of an audience. but I don't uh, know. He was clearly crying, and then when they went to him in the chair, he was still crying. His eyes were still bloodshot, and he, you could see he was crying. Hmm. So again, okay, another good point. However you feel about it, uh, we're just giving our opinions as him, the performer, and as someone that I've had the pleasure of meeting a few times. Me too. I've never dated him. I can't. I can't speak to anything that was said. But Jamie and I discussed this. Um, nothing that was described seemed like to us a reason why a man shouldn't have a career. Right. But you make your own opinions, and that's what we're here for. To just throw it out there. I enjoy. I enjoy the guy's work. I enjoy him, like you said, as a performer. I, I enjoy him in front of the camera and and what he does. Uh, and unlike you, I I've met him several times. Mm-hmm. I've had interaction with him. We did a thing at the when the Zigfield Theater was still open here in in New York City. Him, uh, he showed up in a DeLorean with the cast of Doctor Who. For I think the beginning of season six or something like that, okay. they had a live screening of the first episode before it went on television at the Zigfield. He came out. He couldn't have been nicer to everybody in the fans. He was. He dove into the crowd. Was signing things. He was taking selfies and and uh, you know as he should because that's what he does. But right. every interaction I've had with him personally, uh, which has been on a professional level though, couldn't have been nicer. Right. And I and I talked about this uh, four or five episodes ago. Uh, we had him up here on the, on the Elvis Duran show. Then I hung out with him at Caroline's Comedy Club in Manhattan. And then I, I actually was on a plane with him. And we, we talked by his seat for a while about, you know, whatever. It wasn't a professional environment. Just him and his buddy on a plane. And I walked over and he remembered me and we bullshitted. Again, I didn't date him. Nope. I don't know. I'm not disputing anything written. Uh, I'm just happy that if the investigation was accurate uh, and they feel like he's uh, okay to come back to work... Happy to have him as a listener and a viewer and a fan, and uh, I enjoy Talking Dead, so there you go. Uh, uh, I know he won't be doing much press, but if for some reason he was, would you take him for any of the projects that you work on? Oh, absolutely. Okay. He, he knows he has a safe landing spot here. Uh, I don't know how much he wants to talk about anything. Yeah. Uh, if he just wants to talk about The Walking Dead, I'd be more than happy to have him on. This isn't that kind of podcast where I want to ask him about whatever. Uh, he, so he knows he can come on here if he wants. Good. I hope, I hope somebody... Uh, if he happens to hear this, or somebody knows him and hears this, you know, pass the word. Well, there you go. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie, at least uh, for now. She's so nice. Yeah, she uh, did an interview with People, a video interview with People magazine. She said uh, she's in the first six episodes of season nine of The Walking Dead. She said a lot happens in the sixth episode. So mark your calendars. That would there. be their mid-season finale. No, the probably, eighth would right? be. Okay. Yeah. So see, episode six. Big things happen. Now, listen to the words. She say, I transcribe this directly. The possibilities for how Maggie remains in the story and re-enters the story and kind of stays alive but not physically alive are multitudinous. Now, previously, she has said 
I'm leaving the show, but I'm open to coming back, which led people to believe she might get on the helicopter with the baby, maybe to go get medical treatment for the baby. And then in a year, when the baby was healthy, or when her stupid show, Whiskey Cavalier, gets canceled, she'll come, <laughs> stupid name for a show, she'll come back. I like Scott Foley, by the way. I wish him nothing but the best, but it's a dumb name for a TV show. So that they'd leave the door open. Is that an AMC property, too? No. no. It's ABC. ABC, okay. ABC, yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, they asked her if she's done filming. She said, no, we film until Thanksgiving, which is long past episode six. Uh, they asked her what she wants to take from the set that she's leaving the show. She said, I want to keep my boots. She said, Maggie's only worn two pairs of shoes the whole seat, the whole show, but mostly these boots. I want the boots. So the possible now, so that tells me she's dying and she's going to be in flashbacks or she's going to talk to her child in like, you know, in, in dream sequences or maybe they the, go soap opera route and she's in a coma. <clears throat> well, the possibilities of how Maggie remains in the story and re-enters the story, meaning she leaves the story, somehow re-enters the story, and kind of stays alive but not physically. The F does that mean? Coma, that's why I was saying. Coma or flashbacks. Yeah. Or she, you know, like maybe she's in scenes with Glenn and like, uh, who knows? All right. If that, here's speculation, then maybe they have unused footage. From back in the uh, from the previous seasons, and they flash back to some of that. Either that, or because there's a year and a half time jump, she could technically come back with Rick and show things that happened in that year and a half. They could show her giving birth, and in the birth scene, maybe she flash, maybe she sees Glenn, right, and she imagines Glenn at the birth of the child or whatever. So he gets Stephen Yun gets back on the show. There's a year and a half where they can show things. So a year from now, they might. Hark back to remember when Maggie saved my life in that time, and they show Maggie saving someone's life. So there are ways to have her alive on the show, but not physically be alive. That tells me she's dying in episode six. Okay. Which I guess I'm still she, not ruling out coma because there could be things that yeah, but scenarios are, saying, are playing in her head. People are saying Rick coma as well. Well, Rick started in a coma. Well, he did. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the whole thing began. So he could end. <laughs> he could end up back in a coma. And then he then he dream sequences Shane. See, Shane's back, John Bernthal. He filmed something this season. Right. And so you remember when Tyrese died, spoiler, Tyrese died. He <laughs> he he was hallucinating as he was dying. Right. All the people from the past, you know, uh, Lizzie and whatever, the governor and all the people that had been important in his life he, that we knew about on the show, he started seeing. So it's the assumption is that as Rick is dying or hallucinating, he sees Shane, who tells him, you couldn't keep them safe, you failed, you couldn't write, and you, 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 whatever. That's the theory. But if he goes into a coma- You know what, Shane? You slept with my wife. Go screw. Right. <laughs> right. Judy's your kid. Judith is, is his kid, is right? So he comes back, but the only way that would happen is if Rick was hallucinating or near death or dies and goes to heaven and sees Shane. What if, if, if the rumor is true, if Rick goes into a coma- and then he's out of the picture for a while. But when they go to end the series, it goes back to Rick being in the coma. And he wakes up, and that was just all. Oh, you can't do that. They they said that's they say, Newhart. No, no, that's not Newhart. That's Saint Elsewhering it. Uh, no. Well, Newhart was this new. If you watch the Bob Newhart show, they did the same thing. Oh, right. You're he right. woke up in he a dream. He woke up uh, with his old wife. Saint the Elsewhere right. was the autistic son who was staring into a globe of a hospital. You're right. You're right. Spoiler from the '80s. Sorry. Yeah. 
All right, so say they knew hard it then. He wakes back no, up and the whole people f- would be so pissed and what's Fear the Walking Dead? Then the it, whole franchise is nothing. It was a uh, it was a fantastic no. adventure. The other rumor is that Rick's going to be on the third show. Another Walking Dead show. Oof. Maybe filmed at the Commonwealth. And he goes there. How do you think a third show is going to do? I don't know. How did the CSIs do? How did the Law and Orders do? Yeah, but the, see, the thing... Well, hold on. The CSIs and all that were all episodic. They weren't serial episodes. Yeah, well, you got you to gotta break ground somewhere. How do soap operas that all spin off into each other? They never come to full endings, though. They just constantly until... All in the family had four spinoffs and... You know, so who knows? Yes, but also back then there was a lot less options. Absolutely. One. But here, but would they, you watch a spinoff of The Walking Dead if Rick Grimes was on it? Yeah, you would. Possible, but they had such a hard time getting the fan base or a lot of the fan base back for Fear the Walking Dead by doing what they did for season. Four. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Uh, this podcast has been doing episode by episode. We've talked about how I personally love it. There's people who hate it. They want the Clarks to be the focus. You just binge watched the first eight episodes. I caught you. You nine. watched the nine, right? Um, you watched seasons one and two, right? You lost interest at the hotel. At the hotel, you didn't watch season three, which was better than season two. I don't know if you need to go back because most of these people are dead now. Spoiler: they're all dead. Uh, you're all caught up. I'm all caught up. Now I I told you what what happened, uh, how it ended, season three. Right. Uh, I kind of prepared you for season four, and then you binged it. Yep. So having watched it all, you didn't have the weekly suspense of. What's going on with Madison? What's what happened to? So, what were your thoughts binging with what happened to Madison and and what happened to Nick, and basically rebooting the show? Okay, well, I, I think I stated on the last time I was on your show here uh, that I had uh, what's her name, Kim Dickens. Yeah, right? Kim, Kim, yep. uh, Kim Who played Dickens. Madison. Kim Dickens. Yeah, um, I I'm not a fan of of her as an actress. I don't think she's a good actress, and I was not a fan of her character in Fear the Walking Dead. She was just. She was very low-key, low-energy, and, and just seemed like a drain up until recently um, on, the, on the whole show there. It seems like she was just constantly weighing everybody else down. Agreed. With her dying, I was kind of happy. I, like, I, I understand or if she died. I'm going to say if she died. I'm pretty sure she's dead. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. In, in episode nine, was it nine where they found, uh, where uh, Alicia found the, the tapes of her mom? Was that yeah, but that's nine? because Alicia, uh, Althea filmed her. Right, and that was in the past. Right. I don't know if if she's fully dead. She may have found a way out of the stadium. She made it very clear she's dead. She's got another TV gig. The producers made it clear she's dead. Okay, that I didn't know. Yeah, on okay. Talking Dead, they said, no, she's dead. All right, then good, I'm glad. Because yeah. I, I just was not a fan of the actress nor the character. I just found her to be too calmly badass. She was very dull- at the wrong points, and she was a wet blanket at the wrong point. She seemed tired. Like, the way she acted, she she was just like, she seemed exhausted. She seemed like everything, well, we're not going to go anywhere. I'm tired. She has zero, like, she has zero personality. Yeah, I thought, and a constant I thought Fra- Frank Delane, who played Nick, uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. I thought he was great uh, in the role. I didn't, yeah, she had constant bitch face. Uh, I didn't like her accent. I just, all of it just sat with me the wrong way. You know what she reminded me of? She reminded me of, because I didn't like this character either. The actress was fine, but I didn't like this character either. The wife on Breaking Bad. Brian Cranston's wife. Um, you should. That's I, know, should I, know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, the wife on Breaking Bad, she gets to a point where, like, she's dull. She's a wet blanket. She's constant bitch face. 
and uh, no personality, and then morphs into latter season Carmela Soprano, Ugh. where she's just overly annoying. Oh, Carmela Soprano was terrible. Right. So that seemed Tony, to carry over to Tony. What's going on, Tim Tony Dickens' character here? Other than she didn't morph into Carmela Soprano, she morphed into somebody. Hey, with a personality, somebody that can actually talk and seem like there's some kind of life behind her conversation. Right. By the way, if there's anyone listening who doesn't know what resting bitch face is or bitching, bitching resting face, it's a thing. <laughs> We're not referring to these women as bitches. Nope. Uh, it's just, it's a look that some some men and women have that sort of like, like you smell a fart. Like yeah. I smell Very a fart face. on social media. Look it has for the memes. To, it has to do with the nose and the lips and the whole thing, but it makes it look it like you're like. It looks like you're angry and annoyed all the time. Right, right. Yeah. Just in case you're like, why are they calling them? We're not. Nope. That's the thing. Not at all. It's a thing. No, but I was kind of glad. Uh, like she served a good purpose. She went out strong. I'll say she did, uh, and it makes up for my annoyance with her throughout the whole series. Although I feel like, why not run up into the bleachers? That I didn't get. It seemed a bit martyrish, but but uh, now that poor you're telling- planning, like she, she had her back to the gate. There, I get that. There was that little staircase off to the side that yeah, she could have ran up. It's easily. a baseball stadium. I feel like had you thrown the fire and distracted them for a second. You could have made it to the top of the bleachers and jumped out the back. But also, had she hucked the flare to, because all the the they're not zombies. The the Walking Dead are covered in oil, right? So mm-hmm. she threw the flare at such an arc that it, it would give her a couple of seconds to bolt. When she was her back is to the to the door. To her right is that staircase where there was the platform where they were looking at the vultures in the right. parking lot the whole time. Right. She could have easily went up there and then dropped twenty feet. It maybe seems broke like, her leg, but still got out of it there. It seemed like weak writing. I get why they wanted to make it look like she was like heroic. Yeah. But I kept. Jamie said the same thing. Like run up the stairs. Yeah. Because I saw it, and she's because then they shot it in slow motion, which was great. But then she's waving the thing back and forth and then, and then hucks it again for a huge arc. You have plenty of time to bolt up the stairs and hop over that wall. Or you know, kill one or two of them. Anything. She could have done it, but, you know, I didn't know she was leaving the show until you just told me. So, yeah, all they, right, they so that's the way they went out. It, then, then, you know what? It was sort of a weak ending for her then. No, but they made her a hero and she did it to protect her kids, which is all she was ever about. Nick wanted off the show. He told the showrunners in season three, I'm done, I want out. So they said, look, stay, we'll find a way to get you out on four, that'll make sense. What is he doing? Why did he want to get off? I don't know. You know he was, you know uh, where people might know him from, Frank Delane. He played a young Voldemort in the Harry Potter series. If you go back and look, he's he Tom did. Riddle. He's Tom Riddle. Is he? He's Tom Riddle. Yes. Oh my God, I didn't realize that. Professor, I was wondering. Yeah. yeah and uh, how, what if, how many Horcruxes could you make? That's him. Wow, you just blew my mind. Oh, you didn't know that was him? No, I had no idea. Yeah. And you know what? I have quick side note. I haven't seen the Harry Potter movies in so, since the last one came out. I saw it in the theater. Oh, you and, don't have daughters and a wife well, because. But I have the set, and I am a big fan of the series. It's on freeform every weekend. I almost. Yeah, I I refuse to watch it on regular television. Um, I was going to watch it last Christmas, but I decided to catch up on other movies I hadn't seen around Christmas time. This year, going into the holiday season, it's going to be just binging Harry Potter. Okay, well then, when you watch Tom Riddle, he's Tom Riddle. Can't say it without the accent. In that note, the, the, there's an actor that uh, is on a show that I enjoy right now, and I didn't realize who he was as a child. Uh, do you ever watch Riverdale on the CW? No. Okay. I know the show. Oh, he's a sweet life of Zach and Cody. You're talking about the twins? Uh, maybe. Okay, so Cole. Uh, okay, yes. Uh, yeah, All Cole right, Sprouse. So- 
Uh, is one of the kids from Sweet Life on Deck and Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. On Riverdale and the CW, he's Jughead. Right, but he's, right? he's a Zach or Cody, one of yeah, those men. Yeah, he's but also, he's also Frankenstein in Big Daddy. No, I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't I see can, it. Oh, you didn't see the movie? No. Adam Sandler, John Stewart? No, I know the movie. Okay, Scuba Steve, I Can Wipe My Own Ass, that the little kid who, no? Yeah, I, I, here's the thing with, with Adam Sandler. Yeah. I like him. I only like a few of his movies. That was still in the era of his good movies. It depends on what you define as his good movies. Billy Madison. It's all right. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, Waterboy. Uh, Waterboy is good. Oh, you know which one I like? And it, Big Daddy's in there. Which is the one where he tells, um, again, I'll know this by the time you hear this. He tells fairy tales that come to life. He runs the hotel. Happily Ever After or something. Oh, that's a, yeah. Was yeah. that a, was that a Disney movie? I don't know. I kind of like that one. It wasn't a traditional happy, uh, you know. But I, yeah, that movie I like. I'll tell you what else Again, is good. Yeah, that Hotel Transylvania series is really good. It is funny. I was surprised how good it was. All right, enough about Adam Sandler. Okay. I have some news here that I'm very excited about, and then we will uh, get into the episode, the uh, premiere of part two. The reason that you're listening. That's right. Now, last week. We were gifted with something very special. We were able to give away a trip to Las Vegas. Wow. To prom- Thanks to our friends at AMC. We love AMC. Uh, to promote the return of Fear the Walking Dead on August 12th. And there's a new Fear the Walking Dead survival attraction, Vegas' newest attraction, based on Fear the Walking Dead. And we gave away a trip uh, using our social media at walkers underscore talkers. And we had a winner. It was great. The way the contest ran last time was um, the first person to tweet us with a keyword won the trip. So whoever listened to the podcast first. And so the minute I posted it, within 40 minutes, people listened to the episode, they heard the contest giveaway. We promoted it and told people how to get in and win. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And so we sent uh, two people. Let's see. What's the, the prize was round trip airfare for two to Las Vegas. Two nights, standard hotel accommodations, round-trip ground uh, transportation to Las Vegas. Two passes to Fear the Walking Dead thrill attraction, Fear the Walking Dead prize pack, and travel dates to be determined three days, two nights in Las Vegas. Thanks to our friends at AMC to remind people, Fear the Walking Dead Sundays, now it's back. And so, um, I just wanted to say, you know, very excited. I tweeted out who the winner was, and there you go. And so... um, they were so excited, the people at AMC, that we did this trip giveaway. We gave them away on the Elvis Strand Morning Show as well. We had an extra trip to give away. And so, we have another trip to give away. Wow. And so, what I did was, I went into our Twitter account, at walkers underscore talkers. Right. And I clicked that little checkbox that says, um, you can now accept direct messages from anyone. Okay. But if you don't have that, then they have to follow you, you have to follow them. Last time, uh, we had a thing, well, I can't direct message you because you don't follow me, whatever. Now I accept we accept direct message from everybody. So at some point during the rest of this podcast, not at the end, uh, I'm just going to stop down and tell you uh, how to how to win another trip. That's the power of this podcast because you guys support the podcast, and now we have a second trip to give away to Las Vegas. I'm getting ready, uh, going back to my old radio contest days, where you dial all the numbers except one, and you sit there and you wait. <laughs> And the second that the host says call now, you hit the uh, you hit the number and you hope to be <coughs> caller ten or whatever they're looking for. Well, here's for. the interesting thing: you are not an employee of iHeartRadio. 
but you're co-hosting this podcast. And now, the other thing is, though, this is not going to go up while we're recording this. This is going to go up today. We're recording Tuesday. Probably going to post the podcast on Wednesday, which is the 15th. So I can tweet about it for all day today. Dave's going to put his his hand in front of his mouth, and then he'll insert the keyword later That's after right. I'm gone. After you're gone. Damn it. So you'll have to listen to the podcast. Closing DMs. All right, let's talk about... Oh, look at this. Son of a bitch. You ever have a, a multi-million dollar computer system at the radio station you work at? Yep. And it's synced to the other 850 radio stations in the company? And then every once in a while, decides it's just going to log you out. I've had it where we were live on the air and ready to go to a break, and the system decided to reboot. Yeah. And then you try to get the host to stretch for another yeah. five minutes oh, while everything's got going. got a software update. Unless you want to sing the sweeper to break, right. I have nothing I can uh, play for now, you. So, so getting back to Fear the Walking Dead, this is the original theme. I prefer it to the new theme, which is like, and lasts like three seconds. So getting back to your uh, perception of Fear the Walking Dead, you've right. binge-watched... All the shows, all nine episodes. Right. Weren't a fan of Madison. You don't have to worry about that now. She's gone. Spoiler, Madison's dead. Nick's dead, right? What are your thoughts on the show, the texture, the the color of the show, all of it? Um, I got to say uh, it's refreshing. Uh, I didn't know that the showrunner had changed. Yep. So it's a whole new look, a whole new feel, and and pretty much reintroducing you to old characters that you were familiar with, the ones that are left. And just the color scheme alone is amazing because they do everything in reverse where the flashbacks usually are done in a grayscale or black and mm-hmm. white to show right. time past. Here it's current. And when they flash back to, to to stuff leading up to being current, that's in full color. They do it the opposite way. And I really enjoy that. And it's not full grayscale how they do the current time period. It's just off. It's like Sepita or whatever that, right. that, old, that right. old film technique is where there's just faint traces of color and it's in the weirdest spots like there's one part where they're walking into i I guess some kind of barn situation and as alicia's walking over here you see something off to the side that's red that's sticking out so far in the distance and it doesn't need to be but it's just the way the layout Mm -hmm. is Uh, another example is the the flowers when they find the blue flowers Mm -hmm. And this is another old reference. It reminds me of the old Levi's 501 Blues commercials in the 90s because that's when they developed the technology to make everything gray except certain things right. stand out in color. And uh, I, I like the feel of how they were doing everything right. here. And it, it makes it more uh, important, more serious yeah. of everything going on now by doing it that way. And, Plus, I, and it's not something I expected. What they described, I think it was Jen Elfman on Talking Dead, she described, we're just backtracking for those of you who already heard this. They film it like an old Western, and so they do a wide shot, and the actors walk into the shot rather than the camera following you and bringing you into the shot. Hmm. And so the actors have to stay within the frame of the camera, but that it's it's done, so the look is completely different. There's not as much panning around, and it's just very looking at what you're looking at. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, like, I liked Alicia. Strand's okay. He's interesting. I don't know how much long he'll be around, but he's interesting. Luciana is a complete, I told you, on this podcast. No idea how she ended up with them, how she came back from Mexico. She's in Houston now, right. from the ranch. I I think they just wanted to keep somebody because everyone else was dying. Another thing, too, uh, touch back with the grayscale. I just thought of this. Maybe it's, Is it possible it's maybe a nod to the old zombie movies? Like maybe. Night they, of the they Living haven't, Dead, they haven't, adju- black and right, white? they haven't addressed that. I just think... 
they wanted the audience to know this is different, this has changed. Yeah. And this is more gritty. Because the, the problem I had, and again, we're rehashing, I just want to catch you up. The problem I had with Fear the Walking Dead versus The Walking Dead is that The Walking Dead was larger than life comic book characters, Negan, Michonne with a machete, and Rick with his python, and Daryl with his crossbow. It was like a comic book. And Fear was this family from L.A. that had no real weapons. They had, nobody was tough, and nobody was, there was, it just wasn't, there was missing something. It was all normal people. And I, I guess it's interesting to watch normal people in a zombie apocalypse, but I would much rather have Alicia swinging that thing, and Morgan with his stick, and John Dory with his double guns, and Althea with her machine gun SWAT truck. I just feel like now people have stuff. I also noticed, too, that with Fear, one of the things that set it away from The Walking Dead, and it was really aggravating, was the fact that they seem to cause a lot of their own problems in Fear. It's starting to change now in Season 4, but the thing that was frustrating me uh, with previous seasons was, okay, like the yacht scene, right? That took a, when they were out in the, oh, in the water. Oh, season two. Yeah, yeah, season two. That just took forever. Oh, and Alicia making the call. Right. Oh, yeah. But they all caused their own problems. At least with Walking Dead, they're they're exploring, and then they are mostly reactionary to things happening around them or to them. On Fear, they were causing all their own problems. Right. They were inviting in the wrong people. They were doing things like, no, we shouldn't go out there. I'm going out there, but you don't need to go out there. But I'm still going out there because just because, and then all this stuff happens. Although, you know, Carol did wander off and Daryl did go on his own. Like, there was some stupid stuff on fee- on on the regular Walking Dead, but you're right. They weren't savvy, I think is what I, they were just, yeah. No, they, and they're very, they're too forgiving. You know, they're, they're so quick. Like the whole Charlie situation from this season, uh, the young girl that they introduced her. They they brought her in and, you know, they thought they were you know, helping around taking care of her because she had lost her parents, and, and that was fine. Then they find out she was, you know, a double agent, and she was with the, was the, vultures. Group? the vultures, right? And then they see her again, and they're protecting her again when they're having, uh, when Nick's having the conflict with the guy who drives the El Camino. Yep, right? the brother. And she's standing on the porch there, and she has the radio. They don't do anything, you know, to her, like take the radio back. They... She still has the radio, even right. though they just had that spat with the guy with the El Camino. Um, they're still so forgiving, and they're still—they're always willing to give her more and more of a chance. When she showed up in season nine, while the storm's happening, um, uh, what's her name? Luciana. Uh, Luciana was at the door. I mean, was walking through the house, saw her in the house. Charlie. She ran did off. run after her. Yeah, she did run after her, and then she was like, "What are you doing over there?" And Charlie wiggled out and ran away, and then she saw the, the book. The uh, the little prince book, and then she's like, "Come back in, come back in." I'm like, "You guys are too forgiving." Well, she explained on the Talking Dead on Talking Dead that night that she thought that book and her returning it was her way of saying I'm sorry, and here's the book, and it was. She did a nice job of explaining it. Look, I don't know how that's a sorry. She you, shot you, Nick. <laughs> I understand she shot Nick. Spoiler: She shot Nick. Uh, if if you if you step back and you say she's a 13, 14 year old girl lived in an effed up world, you know, maybe there's a way to fix her and forgive her. If she's 25, she's dead by now. You're like, bitch, you killed Nick. I just feel like she's a disturbed kid, lost her parents, raised by these vulture people, did what she thought was best because Nick killed her father, her stepfather, the guy raising her. It's understandable that she would do that. But the the Nick thing with Madison didn't make any sense to me, and I... 
I hate to rehash too much, but when Morgan was trying to stop Nick at the at the silos, right? He's like, you don't understand. I gotta I gotta take care of this. If he had said to Morgan, because they didn't want to let the audience know at that point, his people killed my mother, or his people are responsible for my mother's death, Morgan might have stepped aside. But instead, he's like, oh, I'm mad at him. You have no idea. I'm so mad at him. Yeah. But you didn't want the audience to know that Madison was dead, so they had to like... They, yeah, they needed to do a proper reveal. So they, Right, so they had to like hedge around why he was mad, and then you didn't understand, well, if Madison's alive, wouldn't you beat him up till he tells you what Madison is? Right. And if Madison's dead, that's why you killed him. So now we know Madison's dead. So, that and that was... What was the leader of the Vulture's name? Oh, yeah. Merlin, Marvin? Something like Marvin, that. Marvin, maybe? So, he... You know, Nick kills him, right? Is, is no, Nick, Nick killed kill? his brother. Nick kills his brother. Okay. No, they, they killed him when he was in the ambulance. Right, they blew up the uh, right. the ambulance, right. Uh, the brother, later on, like when June is uh, uh, tending to his wounds and trying to help him, and Madison's trying to talk to him, and he pulls the knife when he's on the bed. Right, it's Melvin. Right. I was right, yeah, Melvin. <laughs> the brother, they bring the brother in. They're too forgiving, you know? <laughs> That's what drives me nuts. It's like, you could talk to him at a distance. You could have held a gun on him and gotten what you needed or whatever, Instead, they invite themselves into danger all the time, and maybe that's just how things are going to progress with Fear the Walking Dead. Because as I'm so, so many times I'm looking at, him like, don't go near him, and you go near him, and now all these problems happen. Right, Ennis. Yeah, by the way, they cause all their own issues. So now it was frustrating at first. Now it's frustrating in a fun way. Oh yeah, it's much better now. It's Plus, like, they're adding five people to the cast in a, in the next couple of weeks. All right, because yeah, they eliminated a lot of people off the cast. Right, so five people are coming in, um, including one woman who's supposed to be the antagonist, the antagonist of the season. Right, the black woman that's in the trailer, she's going to be the evil person. Okay, and then Daryl Chill Mitchell's coming in. He's in a wheelchair in real life. He's going to be in a wheelchair. I saw him in the uh, in the scenes for the next episode. Yeah, where. Uh, where uh, he's like, could you put, uh, could you lower that? Sure, I can. And he just lowers it toward right. the shotgun towards his cross. Yeah, that's a great scene. Yeah. All right. So there's a huge storm going on uh, when uh, the sh- the episode starts. There's walkers eating a horse of some kind or something. What state are they in, by the way? Uh, they're in outside of Houston. All right. That's Texas for those of you who don't know. So there's this. It's it's not a so tornado. They have to be close. It's a hurricane. Yeah, I was gonna say they have to be closer towards uh, the coastline than right. they, that they realize. Then. Right. They said it's a hurricane. Okay. So um, they're they're eating a horse. The walkers are eating a horse, and they get blown away or pulled away on cables. But I they're love blown I love seeing those things fly around throughout. Yeah. The episode. And yeah. then there's a SWAT truck. The SWAT truck is parked on the side of the road, watching this all happen. That's a flash forward, because that which they don't explain, because when the show actually starts after the credits. There's no storm yet. So that was a flash forward. Uh, Morgan's on his own. He's killing walkers. He's going through their pockets looking for supplies, money, whatever. He seems to be living alone in the back of a pickup truck or something. He's on. He's living by himself. He finds a walkie-talkie, some protein bars, canned food, uh, and he calls Al, Althea, who's fixing her truck, and she says... Um, I like Althea, but I like way. Althea very much. Yeah, Maggie Grace. Maggie Grace. And uh, he says, uh, do you remember the time you interviewed me? And she says, you mean about that settlement you're from and the king and his pet tiger? He says, yeah, I'm going back and I want you to drive me. So at that point, you're like, he's going back to Alexandria. He's going back to The Walking Dead. And you're like, wait a minute. We know he doesn't go back to The Walking Dead, or at least we think he doesn't. Because theoretically, and we talked about this, he could go back. Let's say that 
I think they're in 2014 now or 15. Okay. Or 16. Let's say 16 for the sake of argument. Forget what it was. If both shows are in 2014, and then Fear, uh, The Walking Dead then jumps ahead to 2016, right? They do the time jump. Morgan theoretically could have returned in 14 and died. And then on, on The Walking Dead, they could go, remember when Morgan died last year? So he, he could theoretically eventually go back and have died in the time jump. Is he dead in the books at this yes. point? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he died. Yeah, he died. Well, yeah. He died uh, before the war or at, during the war. Whatever the case, he's dead okay. in the comics. Theoretically, he also could be on both shows at the same time. Right. He could be on in 2016, returning to The Walking Dead, but still be on Fear in 2014. Maybe he's in that big season, uh, episode six for the new Walking Right, he Dead could season. return and be on both shows. Yeah. And, but the only thing, the only problem with that is then you would know no matter what happens on fear, he doesn't die. So every tight scene he's in, you know he can't die because he's in the future on The Walking Dead. That's the only downside to doing that, but he technically could be on both shows. Hmm. Uh, Morgan walks to a bridge filled with cars and a school bus. That's where June and John are living with Charlie. Uh, he tells them, I want to go back to Virginia. He said, never should have left. Uh, he tells John, look, you can come with me. There's been plenty of room. And he says, uh, you don't know what's out there. He says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make my cabin safe. I'm going to go back to my cabin if that's okay. I I got all I need here, meaning him with, with June, uh, Lauren, and you know all her names. Uh, he says, look, I'm leaving in the morning with Al. So now you know something's going to happen where he doesn't leave with Al. The storm or whatever. Uh, John seems sad, but he looks at June and says, I've got everything I need right here. Uh, Morgan enters the gates of a mansion, which is solar-powered. That's how they explain everything working. Uh, a walker approaches the gates. You all caught up. You saw this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there's a breach in the fence. Strand tries to shoot the walker, but misses, and he yells out the window. He's sorry. He's drunk off his ass. I love Victor. You like Victor, Strand. I liked Victor even when he wasn't um, as loose and... and uh he has some good one-liners now. Yeah, like when he was more vindictive back in the earlier seasons. But I, I loved, uh, I loved the character of Victor. Well, he was uh, a backstabbing son of a bitch in season three, which you didn't see because you haven't watched season three yet. Right. But he does some things that he double crosses them, and then, you know, because that's why he says to Madison, "Why'd you save me?" Like, after all the things I did. Right. She's like, well, you're my friend, and I like drinking with you. But he did some shit in season three. But Coleman Domingo is a great actor. He is. He had a, he had a cameo on uh, one of my favorite shows, Lucifer, where he played a priest who was friends to Lucifer. And at the end, they just wound up playing, like, heart and soul on the piano together. Oh. It was really good. I will tell you, Coleman Domingo's people turned me down for an interview. Really? Yeah. Like, two years ago, when the, when Fear was in, I think, in his second season, I got an email saying, you know, he's up for interviews. So I said, oh, well, let's get him on. They're like, yeah, he's not doing uh, podcasts or interviews, right? He's keeping it low. Because I knew someone who knew his people, and I reached out, and... Uh, I He was on my show. Yeah, you gave me the information. That's right. You yeah. gave me his contact information. I called his people, and they're like, yeah, he's not doing interviews right now. So, Coleman, we still love you, but, you know, you said no to Come us, so... Come do this podcast, sir. <laughs> maybe we'll after you time. die, you'll, you'll, on the show, uh, I don't know anything, but if you do, you know, maybe we'll have a home for you. Oh, Victor had... Oh, I'll, I'll get to that at another point. He had another great line in that episode. I'll oh, oh we're not there? Okay. Yeah. Um... Anyway, he uh, he tells Luciana and Strand he's going to Virginia. They also have no interest in going. Luciana's given up on life. Strand's like, why would I leave? I got a mansion with a huge wine cellar. That's that's very key because when when uh, Morgan's walking up to the mansion, the first thing you see is this you know big sprawled out property. 
solar panels everywhere, right? But the house is powered through solar. And I, that made me think, I'm like, why didn't I think of this throughout Walking Dead or throughout Fear, where why didn't they just look for places that had solar panels? They would have had, instead of trying to, you know, siphon gas or find cars that still had fuel in them or, or gas stations that maybe weren't fully tapped, why didn't they just look for places that had solar technology? Because it's, um, it's not out of the realm, like, oh, it's not the 1970s, the, the right. solar wasn't fully there. This was the late 2000s into the you know the 2010s. Solar's solar's everywhere. Right. Why didn't they just look for places that had solar? They could have had power to do. In what retrospect, they I guess they should have found a home with solar power. Well, that's what I didn't think of that until I saw that scene. Well, I guess they didn't think of it either. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Uh, they asked. He asks them where Alicia is. She's. They say she's living out in the shed. Uh, he goes in the shed. He finds a bunch of notes that say "help" on them. He finds Alicia killing walkers at a fence, and she says. Somebody's pinning help notes to walkers. They need help. And I have to figure out who it is because they need my help. And she, he says, well, look, uh, you're going to get hurt. You're doing This is dangerous. Come with me to Virginia. Come back to, to the old, the big show, basically. Yeah. And again, she's got a timely excuse. I got to find this guy. I got to figure out who needs help. I can't help you. I got I, I to figure this out. So I'm like, nobody wants to go at Morgan. They all conveniently don't want to go at Morgan. Uh, June patches up John. And you could see that she might not want to go back to the cabin. She's like, oh, you know what? Who knows if the cabin's even still there? And then this was a great line from John. He goes, well, I locked the door. (laughs) Uh, They hear a crash. A walker's approaching uh, Charlie down by the river. She's terrified. Doesn't run. Kind of backs up. Doesn't scream. Because she's, I guess she's not talking. She's so distraught over how her life has turned out from this season that she's like mute. She's an introvert. She's not talking. Al comes out of nowhere, kills the walker. Um, Strand leaves the door open to the mansion. He sees there's blood on the door like a walker must have come in. Uh, Luciana is blasting music, doesn't hear the walker. She's like meditating on the floor. Right. Now, as they pointed out on Talking Dead, why would you sit with your back to the door? It's like the mob. When you go to a restaurant, you never sit with your back to the door. You just want to see what's coming in. If you know there's a breach in the fence, you're living in a zombie apocalypse... People might see a mansion, want to take it from you. Right. Never sit with you back to the door. There's a lot of things in in the fear show, like we stated earlier, that they cause their own problems, right? right? Um, why would you sit with your your back to in an open space instead of against the wall is another thing. Uh, but at this particular point, when uh, Victor comes in in the last minute and uh, stabs the walker with a wine bottle, with the wine bottle right before. He was about to get, to get to Luciana. She still doesn't hear anything, and he's staring at her in disbelief that she didn't know anything was going on. So right. he kicks her record player that was on the floor to get her attention. They're talking, <clears throat> and they're talking with each other. And uh, Luciana asks Victor. She says, "Why are we here? I don't know what's left." Right. Right. Her, like, her life is like, "Well, we have nothing to fight for." Right. And this also aggravated me too <laughs> because after all the misery that they. You know, that they go through and they're constantly looking for supplies or a nice place to rest that's protective, whatever. And every time they find a place, they still can't be happy. You know, like this particular scenario, a mansion that's gated. They can lock the doors. There's solar panels, Mm -hmm. so they have power and apparently still running water. This is an ideal sanctuary for them for the time being. And they're still like Victor's enjoying the the fancy wine cellar, which I was getting a kick out of. Mm -hmm. He's just drinking what I looked up that one bottle he was talking about it was a 1961 ever 61 uh, uh, vintage and it's like several thousand dollars 
for that bottle. And he's just popping it like he's drinking a six pack of, of beer and soda. And then she's like, why are we here? What's going on? What's the point? It's like, relax a little right. bit. You're in some place where I you mean, can take a shower. There's still a concern that a group of people is going to want that mansion. They're going to attack them. Right. And if you're just Luciana listening to records, you're back to the door, you're going to be killed. Yeah. By the way, if you tweet at, at walkers underscore talkers, uh, Vegas and the name Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, Vegas Eric, and you're the first one to do that, you win the trip to Vegas. Thanks. Okay, back to the show. Tweet. <laughs> tweet us at walkers underscore talkers. Oh, direct message. Sorry, direct message. Very important. DM me. It'll take it. it, it we, we accept DMs on that account from everybody. Just make sure you're using the uh, desktop or whatever. Some apps don't, but d- DM us. There you go. Vegas Eric. With a K. You do it with a C, you're not winning the trip. You've got to follow the rules. That means you listen to the podcast. All righty then. So back to the podcast. Uh, June asks Charlie what happened, why she froze. She says nothing. Uh, they assume, like earlier episodes, that there's walkers floating down the river mm-hmm. because there's a hole in the fence. Remember uh, earlier in the season? Right. At the, the bridge had a hole in it. By the way, that solo episode of uh, John and uh, Laura slash Naomi right. slash right. June. That episode was great. It was great just episode. the two of them telling the and, story. Right. <laughs> Bottle episodes aren't usually any good. It felt like... F- like a like a frontier story, yeah. You know, like a frontier living, because he had the he was near the river, but made his own moat around the the yep. the, the cabin, so they couldn't get right and to the they, cabin. And then they canoed to the the general store, and then they canoed to the bridge where they had to repair it. Yep, that was a great standalone episode. And you fell in love with John. I mean, John's just the best. I loved him from uh, Raising Hope. Well, he was also in I think um, what was the western. He was on uh, another HBO show. It was a, and Kim Dickens was on it. They were on it together. Oh, wasn't um, d- uh, Dead uh, Deadwood? Deadwood. They were on Deadwood again. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I do too. He's John Dory, like the fish. I like the fish. But it's spelled I E, not yeah. Y. Yeah, <laughs> love him. Uh, even the first scene when he was talking to himself before he found Morgan. Right. I just loved it. I love the fact when they were in the general store and he's picking through the DVDs. Instead of taking them all back J- to the cabin. Just takes the ones he wants. She go- he goes, you know, I always want to try something new, but you always wind up going back to your favorites. It's mm-hmm. like, he's such a simple guy. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Oh, Alicia brings Morgan a nail that says AGL on it. She says it's from the lumber mill up the road, but it's overrun with walkers. By the way, it didn't look like it was overrun by walkers. The prison was overrun by walkers. Right. There were some walkers inside. There was this no walkers. This was a gaggle inside. It was a couple of walkers. Yeah. Right. Unless they all got out through the fence. Not there anymore. Um, the SWAT truck has a, a tree in the road. There's always a problem. You can't just drive. Uh, what, what I didn't get to was June and uh, Al say they'll go up the river to see why the walkers are in the stream. We later find out, jumping ahead, it's because there's a, there's a hurricane and they're being blown into the river. Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, Al says, John told me about Laura. Everyone else told me about Naomi. Why don't you tell me about June? Um, and she just doesn't seem to want to talk to her, be interviewed. Uh, Morgan and Alicia are walking towards the mill. Morgan says, look, I left Alexandria in a rush. I didn't even say goodbye. I thought it's what I had to do, but those people there, they're strong like you. That friend I told you about, I got back there. He said I would find my way back to people. That was Rick. Uh, I left to prove him wrong. I just want to look him in the eye and tell him he was right. I think he deserves to know because he was. In other words, at, in season one, when Rick was on fear in the junkyard, he said, you need people. You want to be around people. And at that point, you knew Morgan did not. Morgan, that's what made Morgan leave. He's like, I'll show you I don't need people. And he ran. Right. 
And now he's basically saying, you know, I met you guys. I kind of like you. I, Rick was right. I want to go back and tell Rick he was right. Now, at this point, Rick's alive because they haven't done the time jump yet. It's really a couple of months after the war. So he could technically go back. We know he doesn't go back. Um, so they, they find a walker with a note on his face. Alicia kills it. They realize they're on the right track. Uh, Strand and Luciana fix the fence, and Luciana again talks about what's there left to fight for, which you mentioned. Yeah. Um, he says, I ask myself the same thing, but I'm going to enjoy myself regardless. He's like, I don't know why we're here, but I'm going to get drunk. So he doesn't care. Uh, Morgan tells Alicia they should figure out why the person needs help before they go in. It's like, let's figure out what they need help. What, what, what's the help? Which was kind of a wasted line because they go in anyway. Something was, was weird with that scenario. So when they go to... Well, let's get to that. Okay. Because I thought it was weird too. Uh, John is cutting cardboard out. He makes a Scrabble set because he likes Scrabble. Right. So he makes his own little home- homemade Scrabble set. He asks Charlie to play Scrabble, which he seems like she was about to. He made some extra Z's in case you want to, you know, write pizza a couple times. <laughs> Platypus. Platypus. <laughs> uh, he tells her he didn't talk for a while either after he shot that guy. I wasn't proud of it, but I found someone to talk to. Laura, June, Natalie, whatever her name is. Uh, uh, what was her name? The third name? It was June. No, it was June, Laura. Laura Naomi, and Naomi, then June. right, 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 right. Uh, he said, look, I, I found someone to talk to. She brought me back. Uh, to the world so I could forgive myself. There's a noise of a walker or something. And then when John goes to look at it, uh, Charlie leaves, undoes the fence, and runs away. Um, Strand opens the door. He's dragging the dead walker out of the house. That was my favorite line of the show. Uh, when John shows up at the mansion asking to help. No, I thought the, the best line was when he kills the walker with the, uh, the, the wine bottle. And he said... These truly are, uh, was a grapes of wrath or something. No, these grapes weren't meant for wrath or right. something Right, we like weren't yeah. made for wrath. That's that a good line. line, too. But when he opened up the door, uh, he's dragging the body. And John's standing and there. And John's there, and he goes, you caught me. Dramatic pause, and he goes, doing a little lighthouse cleaning. And he's trying not to laugh <laughs> while he's doing because he's drunk. Yeah. But it was just such a great line. So John wants help finding Charlie. He says, I can't find her. I need your help. So Strand says, what makes you think I would help? Look who you're talking to. She shot and killed my friend, meaning Nick. And John says, I took a bullet because of you people in this house. You owe me. So Strand says, well, Luciana is definitely not going to help you. He says, and I'm drunk, so you drive. I'll go out and help you. Again, they're finding a way to split everybody up. Uh, Morgan and Alicia go inside the mill. There's walkers blocking a door. She assumes that what guy needing help is in the room. Uh, Morgan leads, this was cool. Morgan leads them away under a forklift, and Alicia chops a cable or cables. And drops huge logs she cuts on them. The um, the uh, the fluid that that's the brake lines, yeah, right? The, the, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. The right, the the um, hydraulic fluid, right? And, and these then, giant logs fall on them, which I thought was cool. It's a little trap. Save some ammo. Convenient. Yep. They find the guy inside the room. He's a walker. He's dead. She's devastated that they didn't get there fast enough. She's like, my mom would have found him. We used to find people and save them. I was good at that. And she says, your mom changed. You can change. And she's, I got a lot to make up for. And he says. I do, too. Uh, he asks her why she's sleeping in the greenhouse. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it, there's definitely, she feels she feels guilty about something. And, you know, she's like, those people don't want to help me. I want to try to help people. And they're just living in the house. Now, your scenario question is probably the same as I had. Go ahead. Maybe not. Um, so the, was it the the lumber yard there? Yep. Where she said, oh, those, I recognize that. These notes must be coming from up there. So they get up to the lumber yard, and it's they're not just stapled to the dead or bolted onto the dead. They're hammered into them. Yeah, but they're also on some of the logs. 
Remember, she looked at him. She was peeling the logs, and they go, "Oh!" And then she walks in. They walk into mm-hmm. the place, right? So they're nailed there too. And what the first notes from when Morgan found them on the desk, it said, "Help! I'm upstairs." And they walk in on surface level, and they just see the gaggle of uh, of the dead there by this door that they assume was the person they were trying to help. Right. But that's not upstairs. Do we do we know that was ground level? I I didn't see them climb up anything. I just assumed it was. Well, maybe maybe it wasn't. But it just how would the dead get upstairs unless they died up there? Well, they do climb steps. We've seen them walk up steps. Hmm, okay. They have been on the second floor of houses before and they did walk up the stairs in the sanctuary they tried to. Here's the thing. If the guy was in the room, right. Cuz he had like notes laid out, he was had his, all his equipment, right? Right. Was he opening the door, hammering one and closing the door? And how did he get them to leave? How did he get them to leave unless he was outside and he somehow got them to come up to a fence and then bang them in the head at the fence and then they walked away from the fence? There had to be a barrier there that gave him access to their heads right? or their wherever he nailed them. Because in that room, how would he have done that? Maybe he killed them before they were dead. Like, he, he killed people, put the, the notes on them, right. and then they turned into dead. Right. Did he do that? Did he kill 10 people? We don't know. And we don't know if that was the guy that was in the room was, a, was dead already. Or is that guy the enemy, and they threw him in that room to lock him up and die, but the actual guy who needs help is somewhere else? Yeah, there's a lot more questions with that. Or, or there are no questions, and we're just overanalyzing a poorly written scene. That could also like, be true. Uh, like a scene that they didn't button up all the loose ends and then dorks like us go, wait a minute. I still, I'm still convinced that there's an upstairs somewhere that they didn't explore. It didn't, they didn't explain how he nailed them all, but he was in the room. Did he nail them all when they were unconscious as humans and they died of some disease? Or did he, was, did he have them trapped some way? Did he have a nail gun and he shot the nails into them? Could. But how did he get the paper on the nail? Because, I mean, that you know... I th- yeah, he and how did he get them to leave? So did he? Did he? Was it like a murder suicide thing? Was was he the guy? He killed all of them, and then went in that room and no, because he wanted help. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And what he right? die of starvation? It doesn't make sense. Something's wrong. Yeah, that whole thing doesn't make any sense. Uh, they may never go back to it, but I don't know. You know what? I hope that's not there. You watch The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. You remember the guy that ran off in the pine bearings, and they never explained what happened to him. The Pine Barons. Uh, Paulie and... Uh, oh, the Russian guy. Yeah, he, he yeah, ran never, off. Never saw him again. Never saw him again, and that never got... Like, what What was that storyline? What happened with it? Yeah, he was like the Morales of Sopranos. Right. Kept thinking he was going to come back and kill somebody. Never saw him again. Right. You have to assume he either ran for his life or he died in the Pine Barons. So hopefully this isn't just a filler thing. Maybe it's connected to something. Well, yeah. I don't know. It could be one of those things that you never see again. Uh, all right, so moving on from that, we'll leave that in the who knows what's going to happen. But if something happens, remember, we we called it. Uh, if, you, if you have an idea, if you're listening to this and you have an idea oh yeah, what that scene was about, tweet the show, walkers underscore talkers, and, and, you know, and tell uh, Dave and, and, and Jamie what you think that whole scene was about because we have no idea. Yeah, David for the record. But all right, um, you, you call me that, but it really. David. Thank you. Or Brody. The there professional you go. Those are your choices. name. Thank you. Um, the good David Brody. June tells Al, she finally breaks down and says, I don't want John to know, but I don't think I'm the person he fell in love with. And uh, I'm not Laura. Uh, I'm, the, I'm a girl who gets scared and runs away from things. 
He wants to go back to the cabin. He thinks we're going to recreate that whole thing. I'm afraid when he realizes I'm not Laura, he's going to want to leave me. And Al says, look, you're helping him now. You're nursing him. You're with him every day. Whoever you are right now, he's happy with. Like, he likes you. Relax. Uh, and then she notices birds freaking out. And that's when she realizes, wait a minute, the dead aren't washing up from the bridge washing out. There's a storm coming, and they must be being thrown into the, into the river. So, like, we need to get the hell out of here. Uh, Strand and John are driving around looking for Charlie. John tells Strand he used to be a cop. Strand says, I used to be a billionaire. Th- you know, things change. Uh, the storm hits. Alicia's off on her own. Morgan can't stop her. Uh, she's like, I-, I don't need you. I'm fine, and goes off. So now, again, the group is more splintered. Right. Morgan's by himself. Alicia's by himself. John and Strand are by themselves. Alicia's with June. Luciana is running after Charlie. But as we see in the scenes for next week, Charlie's in the house that Alicia walks into. Charlie's in the closet. That may be the house where the black woman lives. I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but I should know her name because I know the actress's name. We talked about it already. Anyway, that could be her house. Because she says, are you going to try to kill me before I kill you? We don't know if she's talking to Charlie or not. I think that's a misdirection. Um, Charlie goes back to the house. We talked about this. Uh, Luciana sees her at the mansion. She runs off. Luciana finds the little prince book. Like you said, she suddenly forgives Charlie. She runs out into the storm to, uh, to go after her. I have to assume she doesn't find her, which means Luciana is out on her own. At some point, they find those other five people. Uh, if Luciana dies, pff, I'm okay with it. She doesn't want to live anyway. So. Yeah. And she's turning boring, too. She's kind of boring, and I still can't figure out how she's there. Still can't figure it out. Uh, June calls uh, Strand and uh, John on the walkie-talkie. She says, there's a storm, and then the, they lose signal. Al pulls over. She says, the SWAT van won't make it in the wind. I put weapons on top, but now if the we- you know, because if the weather hits that, it'll flip over. Top-heavy, yeah. Top-heavy. All of a sudden, the van starts getting pounded with, with walkers, flying into the van. Um, nothing good's coming to that. Should be a good episode next week in the zombie NATO. I know it's not a tornado, it's a hurricane, but, you know. Uh, scenes from next week, Alicia's in the house, Charlie comes out of the closet, walkers are flying through the window, she thinks Charlie's there to kill her, at least that's the impression. Uh, Alicia's trying to open a car door, gets thrown to the ground, we don't know what that's about. They end up in a basement with the water flooding the basement. Uh, Alicia dumps four bodies onto the ground, and if you looked at the extended trailer, there's a scene where they're looking in a house and there's a picture of a mother and father and two kids. And that's the four bodies laid out on the ground, just like in the picture. Mm, so yeah. I don't know if the four people in the house are dead and she kills them all as walkers and throws them outside. Or she has to kill them all alive. We don't know. Uh, next week on Talking Dead. Um, I don't remember who's on next week. I, it doesn't matter. I think it's a bunch of people I don't care about. Like, I think I saw it doesn't matter. So overall, just to recap... I explained to you earlier how to win the trip. Right. Congratulations, whoever wins it. I'm not repeating it, so if you jump to the end to think that I'm going to tell you, nope. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Good luck to you all. Uh, it's Eric Nagel on all platforms, but especially iHeartRadio. Right, and uh, it's ericnagel.com. Links you to everything, so make it easy. So who do you think is the next to die of the main characters? I feel like one of the next five new actors is going to die. Like, oh, here's a new person. They're dead. Um, I think it's Luciana. That's my vote. I think it's going to be Jenna Elfman. Really? Yeah, and I've actually enjoyed her 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 character here. I've I've always sort of kind of liked Jenna Elfman. Like I wasn't a big fan of her sitcom back in the day. You didn't like uh, Dharma and Greg? 
I don't know. It was during that time when there was Darman Greg, Will and Grace, Ned and Stacy. It was always there the was guy, a thing, yeah. The off the you know the off quirky relationship of a guy and girl kind of mm-hmm. combination, and yeah, I, it just it wasn't one of those shows that I watched. But I've enjoyed her in other things. I liked her in Ed TV. We had oh, right. her, we Matthew, had her up uh, when she was a UPS driver or something. We had her up for that. She's adorable in person. Oh yeah, like I was smitten, a little smitten. But this was like twelve years ago. Now she seems a little more serious, a little more mature. Right. I liked the cutesy twelve years ago, Jen Elfman. Right. Uh, but I I think as a as an actress, she either joined the cast because she needed a job number one, and as she talked about it, she wanted an intricate, deep character, which she has. I don't know if she joined the show for eight episodes. Yeah, I and the, I think she's staying. And you're not allowed to have a long term loving relationship, uh, except for Rick. You know, everybody else seems to. Well, Maggie and and uh, Glenn lasted a while. They lasted a while, but then one gets killed off. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Well, Rick and Michonne probably would have kept going if Andrew Lincoln didn't want to quit the show. Well, they, yes, but also Rick and Michonne were also a on again, off again kind of thing, right? Until it. You know, right. when the they really started to make a go of it. Um, but anybody who has an existing relationship, a developing relationship is one thing, but when you have an existing one, and this shows that they've been, I mean, John's been pining for her for a long time, so it's sort of that relationship's been in place for a long time. It's usually when you get some kind of uh, happiness and satisfaction is when they kill off another person. I will say this, also different with Fear the Walking Dead from The Walking Dead now. Right. The Walking Dead, unless you saw Andrew Lincoln in uh, Love Actually, the one where he holds the signs up, I forget which one, doesn't matter. Say Anything? <laughs> no, Say Anything was 1989. Oh, that was the boombox. That, right, boom yep. that was John Cusack. Most of the cast of The Walking Dead in the first season were nobodies. John Bernthal, if you knew him from a couple of things. Right. But mostly they were all unknown actors. Andrew Lincoln had done a couple of movies. With this new crop of people on Fear... It's all pretty well established actors. Right. So on The Walking Dead, they're like, oh, T Dog, gone. Irony Singleton, who the hell's he? They were able to kill people willy nilly. I, I don't know if major actors like John Dillahunt and Maggie Grace, people who have established careers, are joining a show to be killed off within a season or half a season. Some of them might. And now they're adding people like Daryl Chill Mitchell and. The other people that they're adding are all relatively big-name people. Where do you know Daryl Chill Mitchell best from? Uh, he was a stand-up comic. Right. He was in Fridays. Was he in Fridays? No, I don't remember. I Fridays. looked up when I saw he was being added to the I, cast. I knew him from one show, and it, that show didn't last long. Where did you know him from? The John Larroquette show. Oh, that was, uh, yes. He worked in a train station? Yes. Yeah, right, a bus station that. or something like that, because was, he was one of the guys, and then the other guy was Chi McBride. I think it's Ch- uh, Chai McBride. Chai McBride. Well, he was on Boston Public yes, with Michael Rappaport. I was just going to, damn it, you're a step ahead of me because I was going to say he's the principal at the at the school. That's and, right. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard uh, David's oh. other podcast, uh, The Brooklyn Boys, episode number 46, have, yeah. the Michael Rappaport episode is awesome. Yeah, and I have I, to agree. And I told it, I told David, I'm like, you need to have him on for like a full hour. It went too fast. And you're like, we did an hour and seven. It was yeah, 67 was minutes. Like, oh, He's wow, like, oh, it went so fast. You need then you need two hours. He, he was, was really okay. good. I confused Fridays. He was in House Party, House Party Two. He was in Boomerang. Yes, he was in House Party. He was one. He was the D. Uh, not the uh, Martin Lawrence was the DJ. He was um, he was in Fresh Prince of Bel Air one episode. John Larroquette show. Damn. You're right. Yeah, he was on 84 episodes of that show. 
That was on from 93 to 96, so it lasted a while. I See, I thought it was like a two-season thing, but good for them. I love John Larroquette. Uh, at some point, uh, he was on Cosby. Who the CBS a, show. Yeah. The CBS version he did. Uh, yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You. Good movie. Veronica's Closet. He was a major, he was a star of 67 right. episodes. I forgot about Veronica's Closet with um, Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at some point, uh, he, he got paralyzed. And so he is paralyzed in real life. He plays a paralyzed survivor on the show. He did? Oh, yeah, he's in I a wheelchair. Know, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, he's paralyzed from the waist down, which is why he, he when you see him in that shot where you said, lower your weapon, he's really paralyzed. What did you, Do you know what he did? I, I, I look it up. A motorcycle accident, I don't know. Uh, but again, you don't need to tweet us. We know. Yeah. We looked it up. So uh, there you go. Eric, thank you for sitting in on the uh, second or third episode. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, that concludes episode 116. I can tell you now, episode 117, you can listen to another trip. We don't have one. I'm telling you now, we don't have one. But you could listen. I know that's a bad thing. I should say we could have one. Right. But no, we do not have an episode, another tripper. But uh, congratulations to the person who won. Uh, and thanks for listening to the podcast when you never know when a major trip prize. This is the third or fourth thing we've given away like that. That's great. Major trips. I think we gave away trips to the premiere or the Walking Dead. Anyway, we gave the, the Walking Dead attraction in LA, I think we gave away a trip to. So there you go. Walkers and talkers. The power of podcasts. Congratulations. All right. Thank you, you for having me. Do you know what time it is? Uh, clobbering time? So close, thing. No. It's time to shut this shit down.